Hewler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. What's going on, Steelers Nation Radio? It is high noon on a Friday afternoon. That can only mean one thing. It's time to go inside the electric factory here on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR. I'm flying solo today. Arthur Motes had some business to take care of. Scheduled day off. Don't worry, though. You will still hear from, uh, from the best hype man. In Steeler land, we will have all the bells and whistles, all your typical Friday fixings today, even though I am riding solo. We'll do a little five-star Friday, as we always do. Of course, we will sing the Here We Go song. I'll also give you my uh, predictions for the weekend as it relates to the NFL. Got a couple college football games for you as well. Show me the money. We'll do that before we get out of here. Speaking of predictions, now's the time. If you want to get yours in, remember uh, how this works. I know we're back in the fold, getting back in the swing of things in the regular season. You can tweet me throughout the show at Wesley Euler. That's where I'll take your questions, comments, concerns, and reactions. I'll also take your predictions for Sunday. That's my guarantee to you. You tweet me a score prediction for Sunday, Steelers, Raiders, of course, and I will read it on the air before we get out of here. This I swear to you. Oh, I promise you. Yeah, I totally just butchered those lyrics, but you get it. Tweet me your predictions and you will get them read on the air before I get up out of here before two o'clock Eastern Standard Time today. Like I said, we still have plenty to get to. I'm going to do the... uh, the DJ Fresh West thing, you know, that we that we normally do here whenever Moats is out. We'll have some conversation. We'll do some bells and whistles. We'll also play some audio to get you ready for the game on Sunday as well. I'm excited for some of the things that we've got for you here today. Let's go ahead and jump right in. It might as well. Cam Sutton, the Steelers secondary in general, um, a position group that we spent a lot of time talking about leading up to the season. I would say probably second most only to the offensive line, of course. And then on the back of the performance against the Bills, Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, one of the best quarterback wide receiver duos in the entire league, if not the best, a lot, a plethora of talented wide receivers there and a a team with an offensive coordinator and Brian Dable that had a ton of success throwing the football last year. Steelers were able to limit them on Sunday in the opener. And part of that, of course, was the performance of Cam Sutton. He was a guy that we discussed plenty. Where do you deploy him? Where do you line him up? Would you keep him on the inside and maybe use James Pierre or Justin Lane or somebody else outside? Do you keep Cam Sutton on the outside and then let the nickel roll work itself out uh, with Cam and Joe kind of solidified? Would you move Cam around depending on base defense or sub package? These were all things we debated leading up to the Bills game. And it it worked for the Steelers. There, there was some delegation of duties there, but Cam Sutton, I think, uh, did not move around too much. And Trey Norwood playing 80% of the snaps as a seventh-round pick rookie certainly helped the cause. And if he can continue to have that type of involvement, I think they will keep Cam Sutton on the outside. We also saw very little of the Steelers in their base defense last week just because of how often the Buffalo Bills use three and four wide receiver sets. Got to think we'll see more of the base defense this week. A guy that we'll all be watching for 
is Cam Sutton. We'll be keeping an eye on the secondary too, how that plays out. Again, how all those roles are delegated because obviously game one, uh, how it went in Buffalo is is not how it's going to go for the rest of the season. There's going to be tweaks. You're going to have to do things differently based on the offense that you're playing. And the Raiders don't try and stretch the field. They don't throw the ball nearly as much as the Bills do. So Cam Sutton, he's been maybe the, the curious case of Cam Sutton all uh, preseason and training camp, right? How would they deploy him? What would his role look like? We saw the first crack at that on Sunday up in Buffalo. Cam spoke to the media, uh, or not to the media, pardon me, to Missy Matthews, our friend from Steelers TV. Sat down with Missy Matthews, a little one-on-one post-Buffalo, looking ahead to the Raiders. Fourth and one. Offensive personnel out there. Everything inside. They go eye. They turn. He stumbles. He throws the ball. And the Steelers play takeaway. Cam Sutton with another big play on fourth and one. Cam Sutton, you're a maniac. Cam Sutton knows he's got this man, and he makes a stop on him. All right. Um, Cam, going back to the win in Buffalo after the game, Coach Tomlin said you guys just played Steelers defense. Uh, In your mind, what are the character traits of the Steelers defense you guys want to have this season? Yeah, uh, we talk about it every day um, in organization. You know, the standard is a standard. You know, everyone has accountability each and every time step out there on the field um, to hold yourself to a standard, a high standard at that. Just go out there and play, like you said, still a brand of football, you know, um, going out there, uh, competing at a high level, um, each and every down, you know, communicating, um, pre-snap, post-snap, and from there just playing fast, physical, and free, you know, that just kind of defines our style of play, you know, our identity and who we are, and um, obviously, you know, each and every time we step out in the field, we're, we're ready to get after our opponents. You have a few to choose from, but do you have a favorite play from that win? Yeah, uh, we had so many guys uh, make, 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 you know, uh, different difference making plays throughout the course of the game. Um, I think the, the biggest ones I'm probably most excited for is obviously TJ, you know, um, a guy who, you know, he was dealing with some things, you know, necessarily off the field, you know, a guy who stayed around the organization, you know, came to work each and every day, um, humble as ever, um, and just, you know, opportunity that, you know, not necessarily getting necessarily the, the, the amount of reps um, that he might have wanted, you know, to prepare, but to come out there just to see him play at a high level, continuous growth in his game, continuous growth in his leadership, um, just the energy that he brings, you know, um, it's, it's, it's contagious to see, it's contagious to be around, and I was, you know, extremely happy for him. TJ said the fourth and one stop you had late in the game is what he That's called funny. the play. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. You know, we came in together. Um, I appreciate you, appreciate him, you know, just giving me that, that uh, kind of nod to that play. But like I say, guys, guys are just playing for each other. You know, that, I think that's the best thing about um, this team. You know, we play for one another. Um, it's easy to kind of get caught up in just, you know, th- that being a word or a phrase, you know, to a team or to, you know, kind of defining a style. Um, you know, but our camaraderie and just kind of, you know, our friendship and, and, and our love for each other, you know, that really takes us a long way. And uh, we're always excited for uh, whoever makes the plays out there, no matter, you know, who gets the you know, acknowledgement, no matter who gets the credit. Uh, we just want to win. Throws it to the end zone. Broken up in the end zone. What a great job for the Steeler defender, Trey Norwood. What did you see from Trey Norwood in his first game? Uh, it was amazing. You know, um, guy who, who didn't get wide-eyed. You know, a guy who came in very focused, very sharp guy. You know, he has, has a lot of tools in his bag. You know, uh, obviously con- very communicative. Um, and again, you know, a guy who's, who's held to a high standard. Um, and, and he doesn't, you know, shy away from that. You know, he runs, he runs to that. Uh, and I'm very excited for what he's going to do for, for us for the rest of the year. 
Um, can move him around, very interchangeable piece for us. And uh, he plays fast, he plays physical. Um, he's very smart. Uh, he's a very well-rounded guy. I, I love him. When the Steelers drafted him, Coach Tomlin announced and said he's a Swiss Army knife, which is something he said about you before. Do you see a little bit of you in him? Most definitely. And uh, especially throughout you know, our defense, that's the kind of guys that we have to have in this building and in this defense you know, to, to, to really get us to where we want to go as a team. Uh, those interchangeable pieces to guys being able to move around, uh, play different positions on the back end, and then we're having guys even on the second level and the front level as well who are interchangeable. Um, and that just gives us different looks, very uh, different schematics, um, you know, and just, just different different things that, that help us, you know, put together, you know, well game plans for, for the teams that we attack each and every week. Uh, we obviously know that's offensive league, and, and, and as it is, you know, teams are doing everything that they can to attack us and get themselves in the best situation. So we have to be ready to, you know, combat that and, and give us and put our best foot forward. Second and goal just outside the 10. Park dips it in and it's Wallen. He spins into the end zone for the touchdown. I'm pretty sure everybody saw what Darren Waller was able to do on Monday Night Football, what he means to that Raiders offense. Coach said he's more like Chase Claypool, somebody you've gone against a lot, especially in training camp. So mm -hmm. what makes defending a guy like that so difficult? Yeah, obviously, you know, what you already see, a uh, big, physical, you know, a guy can move, uh, you know, don't get caught up in their size. You know, those guys that can build the speed and get going in, in, in a hurry. You know, and obviously the same things that he do with the ball, uh, you know, he does without the ball as well. They do a great job of moving him around, do a great job of pre-snap shifts and motions and kind of challenge the defense and eyes and where guys are lining up. And, um, you know, we, we just have to be very sharp and on our P's and Q's of just communication of all levels. And like I said with Waller, you know, we, we know we're going to expect for him, you know, a high targeted guy, um, a big focal point of their offense, you know, um, obviously a, an ascending player who, who keeps getting better each and every year. And um, we see the steps that he's, he's been taking, you know, for that organization over there. So, um, you know, we just have to be ready for how they're going to use him throughout the course of the game. And um, like I said, just get after him as well. Lastly, you guys had a little preview that third preseason game against the Lions of having the fans back in Heinz Field. Uh, what do you think about Sunday and just what that atmosphere is going to be like? Uh, it's it's going to be electric. I'm eager to see it. You know, I'm just coming from, you know, being on the road week one. You know, obviously you get a kind of early sense and feel <laughs> of what it's going to be like for the kind of, you know, looking ahead for the rest of the year. And you always look forward to home games, you know, being in front of your fan base, being in front of your, your you know, your family, your friends, your own crowd. You know, that's, that's that comes second to none. Um, you're protecting your own territory, you're protecting your own backyard, and uh, you know it's, it's a great way to you know coming into the year Heinz Field, uh, getting fans back to full capacity, and like I said, we're going to come match their energy as well. So we're looking for them to be electric. You know it's going to be a very high energy game uh, for full 60 minutes, and I uh, will just be ready to play some football. You're darn right it's going to be electric. It better be electric down on the North Shore Sunday afternoon. Great stuff there from Cam Sutton. Uh, he's one of those guys. I've, I, we've had this conversation before, right? I don't disparage the athletes that don't like to talk. Because if I was an athlete, I probably wouldn't like to talk either. That's why I'm doing this for a living. Uh, but Cam Sutton is one of those guys. I feel like he you know, truly gives thoughtful answers not giving away too much, obviously. All the players kind of hold their cards, you know, close to their chest, if you will. Um, but Cam Sutton, one of those guys, just the way he breaks things down, the way he explains things. Um, I, I, I love listening to Cam Sutton talk ball. Great job with Missy Matthews on that interview, as she always does. That is up on Steelers.com. 
if you want to see the full thing. But yeah, love love Cam uh, talking about the electricity there. Obviously, we know it's going to be a, a bumping atmosphere on Sunday. Reminder, you can come see Moats and I. Come say hello uh, in the red lot right across from home plate at PNC Park. That is where we will be tailgating all part of the terrible tailgate put on by Arthur Moats, Stiller Gang, the Yinzers. Uh, so I'm looking forward to having my first go at, uh, at being down there with those guys as, uh, as last year was my first year that I didn't have to work games on Sundays. And of course, there were no tailgates last year because in case you missed it, we had this pandemic thing going on. Uh, place is going to be rocking. North Shore is going to be uh, bumping early and often into the afternoon. It's supposed to be great weather, about 80, 81, 82 degrees right in there. Going to be a gorgeous Sunday. Uh, make sure to say hello if you are coming, Dad. And if you're traveling to Pittsburgh, uh, safe travels to, uh, to everybody who is heading into town, whether you're driving or you're flying for the game on Sunday. This is the Steelers Blitz inside the Electric Factory. Speaking of electricity, I'm Wesley Euler, your host here. We got a ton of tweets rolling in already. I love you guys. We ask and you always deliver. Uh, you can get involved with the show today. You can tweet me at Wesley Euler. It's my promise to you that if you tweet me your score prediction for Steelers Raiders, I will read it before we get out of here. That is my promise to you. Scouts honor, blood oath, Whatever you want to call it. All right, hold me to it. I will read that on the radio. A reminder, because we ran into this problem last year, all right? A couple people accused me of not reading their tweets. If you're private on Twitter and you tweet your score prediction at me, I can't see it. You have to have a public account for me to be able to see your tweets. So uh, I had a couple people last year who, who came up to me and were like, hey, well, wait a second. Uh, I, I tweet you all the time and you never read it. You, you got to make sure your account is public because if you're private, I can't see your tweets. We do have a lot of new uh, people joining in on the conversation here as I'm looking at my mentions. I'm excited to get to the tweets in just a little bit. For those of you that are new to the party, where's John McClain? Yeah, let's get him in here. And welcome to the chaos, cousins. Welcome to the party, pal. <laughs> Again, on Twitter, at Wesley Euler. If you want to get involved, uh, if you want to tweet your predictions, any other questions, any of that stuff, I will take those as always. One more piece of audio that I wanted to play you here in the uh, first segment before we do get to some of your reaction on the Twitter.com, before we do uh, get to some of your tweets. DVE Morning Show. Obviously, I think if you're a Pittsburgher, you're familiar with the DVE Morning Show. It is a staple here in this town. If you're a, uh, if you're a Steelers lover, you should also be familiar with Dave Damashek. He is kind of the resident Yinzer in the football media. He worked for the NFL Network forever. He now uh, kind of goes on his own and does his own podcasts. He's based out of Los Angeles, but he's from Pittsburgh. He's a massive Steelers fan. He was on the DVE morning show this morning, and this dude always cracks me up. He's got a great sense of the history of the Raiders and the Steelers and kind of his own perspective now, having lived out on the West Coast where, around a lot of Raiders fans You know, for the last decade or two. Dave Damashek on the DVE Morning Show just this morning, a couple hours ago. Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show. It's your radio home of the Pittsburgh Steelers, 102.5 DVE. All the way from uh, Los Angeles, California, our friend uh, from Minus 3 Podcast, Extra Points Podcast, longtime DVE Morning Show, Steeler analyst, Dave Damashek, ladies and gentlemen. Dave! Good morning, sir. Listen, let's not get so caught up in the here and now that we don't take a moment to acknowledge what a wonderful decade. I mean, spanning the decades, a half a century at this point of the great AFC rivalry reignited now. 
the Raiders. Okay, they're in Vegas, and they they were in Oakland before they were in uh, they, uh, L.A., but then they were in Oakland. But now, whatever it is, this is a great <laughs> rivalry. Otis Sistrunk, Snake Stabler, Clifford Branch, and the rest of it. Let's get it on. Oh, I, you know, and it does bother me that the younger generation doesn't understand the hatred between the Steelers and the Raiders. Yeah, it's it, it's a little sad, isn't it? You know, the only thing that turned me against Bradshaw wasn't when Bradshaw said, like, I don't know about uh, the Emperor Chaz Noel and whatever other nonsense that he engaged in. It was when he said to Jim Plunkett, you know, the, the, the real regret I have about my career is that I never got to play for the Raiders. What? You played <laughs> for the other team that beat the Raiders every time. What are you talking about, Bradshaw? That that made me legit angry, but all right, again, yes. rearview mirror. Well, to we borrow have... from Norm McDonald, that is like uh, General Patton saying, "I regret I never got to fight for Germany." <laughs> precisely, precisely. Listen, we got two one and out teams hooking up, two teams in charge of their respective divisions. This is how it always was, way back when, and is once again in Heinz Field on Sunday. It's a uh, it figures to be a dandy, doesn't it, Bauman? It does. I am uh, looking for a closer uh, score than the uh, odds makers have it at five and a half right now. I think the Steelers are going to squeak one out in a low-scoring affair. That's how I have this one graded, and that is based on the fact that the offense couldn't get anything going until, you know, it's like they have a new car, they didn't know how to drive it, and they said, screw it, and they brought the jalopy out of the garage and got to the destination. That's right. And you know what? As we span through the decades and we talk about this game, you know what returns to the most important factor in this Raiders-Steelers game? It's the guy standing behind the quarterback ready to tote the ball. Much as Franco Harris was the difference maker back in the mid-70s, now Franco Jr. will be the difference in this game, and I legitimately mean it. If you watched Week one, of course, you felt uninspired about yes. Najee Harris running behind that line. Can't hang that on the kid, obviously. They were all over him before he crossed the line of scrimmage. I do think that he should have more running room legitimately in this matchup against the Raiders. Yeah, they can heat you up, but when you unleash the hounds in the manner that the Raiders do in terms of pass rush, to some degree you're selling out. You saw Lamar Jackson take advantage of that on Monday Night Football. I think Najee Harris uh, does the same in this one. And I do legitimately think that's the difference in this game. And the other big factor, they, everybody, that uh, Bauman, I think people in Pittsburgh like uh, the Steelers defense. They like the steel curtain. So they got to feel real good about what they saw on Sunday as well. In that regard, I do think that, uh, that that'll give Derek Carr just enough fits. Derek Carr does not like to stand in the pocket and pat the ball and look for his receivers to clear deep. He's not going to have a lot of time to do that against uh, against that uh, Steelers pass rush. I think that all adds up. I'm with you. I don't think the Steelers, I mean, they're not built to blow anybody out. So I think a tight game, but I but ultimately I'm pleased to report. I see it black and gold over the silver and black. Cam Hayward was so dominating on Sunday. I don't know that he's ever had a better game than that. I mean, jumped on a fumble, caused another fumble, and he nearly ended up on that one. 12 uh, pressures in the game, just was uh, blowing his guy into the backfield the entire matchup, and this is a 32-year-old guy. 
I think we really here's here's a big gap. As, as you mentioned, I'm out here on the West Coast. I think that there is a gargantuan gap and it's getting even bigger um, that people on the banks of the three rivers are starting to come around legitimately to the idea that maybe that guy deserves a gold jacket when it's all done. I mean, the dominance, I it sounds but I think nationally people would say, what? Cam Hayward's a Hall of Famer. The last five years, he has dominated at a position in which Pittsburgh native Aaron Donald, of course, gets all the headlines mm-hmm. and rightly so. But after the guy who is going to go down in history is perhaps the greatest defensive player in the history of people. One um, A there is Cam Hayward. There are a lot of guys who play that position. Vita Vea, if you watch him down in Tampa, he's dominant. Fletcher Cox on the other side of the state. But the guy who has consistently dominated, and by the way, let's keep in mind that the guys who he pushes around are not you and me, Bauman. It would be one day, we'd be like, wow, that guy's tough. He could really push that. Bauman and Damashek, those two <laughs> fellows over there, they're they're grown men. Sure. I mean, they're not they're not men. They're not men. Guys, I mean, yeah. I don't think you would call them men. We are I mean, not they're, boys, they're but we are not men. No, indeed. They're, they're, they're grown up human beings who are male, but they're not they're not men. But still. Cam Hayward pushing us around as easily as he would would still get your eye. You'd be like, wow, that's well, that, that guy over there is pretty good. He's pretty tough over there. He's doing this to other 300-pound men. He throws them around. He put, he takes their dignity, as our mutual friend Ike Taylor would say. When you watch him do that to a professional football center, you almost feel bad for them because you have to point out, like, that's someone's daddy. You know, like that's, 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 he, he takes their dignity and he does it week after week after yeah. week. And him plus those OLBs bringing the heat. We hope to it can make it back to, to make it a complete deal. But as it sounds, it's a scary proposition for any NFL QB. And it is the it is the kryptonite to in a, in it's a quarterback league. Bauman. I don't know if you heard, but I've heard know, and, and everything goes everything goes off of that. So on and so forth. But you know what makes them mortal, what takes these superhumans and brings them back to our level, the guy level, is when you heat them up like that. When you're in their face in the blink of an eye, then they they regress to kind of looking like a couple of guys out there trying to play quarterback. Um, so, yes, I think can't, I, this is the thing. You keep hearing it. This is what's going to keep the Steelers in ball games. I say, let's give these kids a chance. How often do we hear? You, you don't just walk in to the NFL and start dominating. Okay, let's uh, sign off on that glass half full. Let's let's give all the kids uh, a minute here to get adjusted to NFL speed on that offensive line. I think the future legitimately. I'm not just saying this as a as a person who enjoys the Steelers doing well. I, I legitimately feel like six weeks from now, that offensive line is going to be in good shape. It's going to be a position of strength for the Steelers. And then what are you going to do? If you're the rest of the NFL seven made big throws in the second half when he needed to, he's got a, a diversified pool of weapons around him. Obviously chase Claypool brings something quite different than what Juju brings, but you add them all up. This is potentially a dangerous offense. As long as you give Roethlisberger, you know, two seconds to do something, then he might start making some uh, plays more consistently throughout the game. I look forward to it. And in the meantime, I mean, we're all like, I know we're talking Steelers. We like the Steelers. This is Pittsburgh and everything else. But we have to tip our hat once again to Baker Mayfield and the Browns. I mean, they are the team to beat. Um, Baker said before Sunday's game in Arrowhead, like, talk is cheap. 
And then they then he threw the game losing interception. And then after the game, he reportedly, if you're if you're seeing the news out there, he gathered the team together and then he talked to them about about the game and how they have to remember the game and how they have to overcome it because talk is cheap or wait. I don't know. I can't, I'm confused, but whatever Baker's doing, it's working. So look, congratulations again to the Browns. This is your world. We're just living in it, trying to scratch out, um, you know, some legitimacy, some, some reason to pay attention the rest of the way, but uh, get them brownies. You got a, a tough test uh, coming your way with the Houston Texans. And so too, is Lamar Jackson. Why, by the way, a lot of pity out there for Lamar Jackson, right? Uh, uh, why is that the takeaway nationally? Like poor Lamar Jackson. He has to play behind that offensive line. Where was this pity for Roethlisberger? <laughs> I, I, I didn't hear any like poor big Ben. It was I, as soon as Roethlisberger took a shot about 0.2 seconds after the, the ball was snapped. It was like, he's done. <laughs> Put him out in the pasture. Hey, that's old Yeller over there. Hey, old, hey, old Roethlisberger, get it, get him out behind the bar in there. Lamar Jackson. And it's not even a different offensive line. It's Alejandro Villanueva. It's the same, guy. same guy. He had same guy, but this is completely different reaction. Oh, poor Lamar. Oh, poor. Yeah. Poor Lamar. Indeed. Poor Lamar. Da- <laughs> I knew you guys would love that one. Yeah, poor Lamar. And get that sympathy for Ben Roethlisberger. Dave Damashek, uh, one of, I think, probably the, the, the chief most Yinzer media NFL guy out there. Like I said, he worked for the NFL Network, NFL.com, for a long time. You might know him from there. He does his own thing with his own podcast now because he's got his his brand built up enough. Uh, always love it when he makes his appearances on the DVE Morning Show because he knows his stuff. But he still gives it to you from a uh, from a Yinzer angle, which we always love as well. Wesley Euler with you here on a Friday, getting you ready for Steelers Raiders as we roll along. We've got a ton of tweets. I love it. Keep those prediction tweets coming in at Wesley Euler. Reminder, we read predictions in the final segment of the show. All right. So don't think that, you know, I missed your tweet or anything. I, I, I got them all here. Trust me. We read them in the final segment of the show. So don't tweet me your prediction twice because then you're just... You just make it more work for me, more tweets that I have to wade through here. All right, so get those predictions in. I promise you we will read them in the last segment of the show. We did have a couple other tweets here, non-prediction related, that I want to get to. Wallace tweets me and says, I need a new Steelers jersey. I've outgrown my Jerome Bettis jersey and my Lamar Woodley jersey. I thought of getting a custom Ilkin jersey. Any ideas? Well, the Tunch custom jersey would be sweet, and that's one that would last forever. I would also say, Wallace, there's never a bad time if you don't have one to get a Troy Polamalu jersey. Uh, I haven't bought a Steelers jersey in like 11 or 12 years because in 09 or 2010, I bought a Troy one, and that's just all I'm going to wear. I I don't know. I mean, I'm sure I will again at some point in my life buy a Steelers jersey, but I'm rocking that 43 forever. And so if, if, if Tunch can be that guy for you, absolutely. Maybe it's someone that's kind of always where I am. TJ Watt now is a safe bet for a jersey. He's going to be around for a while. Uh, there's certainly some guys on the Steelers that you could say that about. Najee Harris, I think, would be a fun jersey to get right now, certainly. But I, I always do. I like to go with the ones that I know are going to stand the test of time because I've done the thing where you know I bought a Santonio San Holmes jersey and then two years later he was on the New York Jets. I've been burned by that game so many times. Uh, I like to go with the classics myself personally. Uh, Steel City Champs tweets, 
and says, uh, give me two games that will cover the point spread for Sunday. Well, you'll have to listen. Keep listening till the last segment. When I show you the money, I'll give you five games with the point spreads for Sunday. How about that? Uh, Steel City Champs also asks, is this Najee Harris's first 100-yard game? I think there's a really good chance. The Raiders are not good at defending the run, and they're banged up too. My buddy Nick Kwiatkowski, the WVU boy, the good linebacker for the Raiders, might not play. That's a big one to keep an eye on. Yannick Ngakwe banged up as well too. This could be the game for Najee. Uh, if he breaks a big run, like if he were to break a 40-yard run, you know, like we saw from Saquon Barkley last night, if he can break one big one, I think he has a good chance to get to a 100-yard game. But he's going to need one 30, 40-yard type run, I think, to get there. And then Steel City Champ says, give me your game day routines that you have. Whew. See, it's been tough for me as it relates to the NFL because you guys know this is my fourth season covering the Steelers. I also spent three years before that covering the Eagles when I was working out in Philadelphia. So it's been harder for me on Sundays. But if you're one of our loyal listeners, you know this. If not, again, welcome to the party. I'm a WVU guy. Like, I love the Steelers. I grew up in Pittsburgh. My family was huddled around the television in our black and gold on Sundays. I used to peel my parents out of church so we could make it home for 1 o'clock for the kickoffs. And we listened to Tunch and Wolf and Billy and Myron Cope when I was younger on the drive home. But football for me growing up was a Saturday thing. So all of my game day routines that I have revolve around WVU football. The one that I have right now that I've had for a couple years, when I drive to Morgantown, which I'm going to do tomorrow at the crack of dawn, I listen to three guys before the game podcast for the first 45 minutes, and then for the last 45 minutes, I listen to hype music. So that is my game day routine. I'll continue to take your tweets at Wesley Euler. We'll do a little five-star Friday here when we return on the other side. You're inside the electric factory. Steelers blitz. I'm flying solo, but we're going to hear from Moats next. Little five star Friday as we continue to set the stage for Stellar's Raiders Sunday at Heinz Field. It's your 24 7 home of the black and gold, SNR.